Hi there and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nahomath with the Las Vegas Kollel. September 2nd, 1825 at St. Paul Episcopalian Church in Buffalo, New York of all places. Mordechai Noah has a great plan to save all of the Jews who are persecuted around the globe. You see, Grand Island is an island in the middle of the Niagara River. It's about 30 square miles. Today, it's the home to more than 20,000 people. And on September 2nd, 1825, Mordecai Noah has a plan that Grand Island would be a city of refuge for Jews all around the world. It would be a place for persecuted Jews who are being oppressed, tormented, particularly Jews in Eastern Europe. It would be a place that they can come and go to be saved, that they wouldn't be persecuted, they'd have freedom, they'd live in prosperity with religious tolerance out in Grand Island, New York. And he named this city of refuge Ararat. And in 1825, Mordecai Noah at the St. Paul's Episcopalian Church made a big ceremony dressed in long robes and regal garments proclaiming that this city of refuge, Ararat, Grand Island, New York, would be a new city of refuge, would be a place for all of the persecuted Jews around the world. Who was Mordecai Noah? Interesting fellow. He's actually one of the first American Jews to actually rise to national prominence. And in 1813, he was actually appointed by Secretary of State Monroe to be the diplomat to Morocco. Now, the Moroccans didn't like the fact that there was a Jewish diplomat, and they expelled him. And he was removed. And he petitioned to the White House, and many people, notable people, actually wrote letters of support. The president himself, Madison, wrote a letter of support. Adams, Jefferson, they wrote letters of support, but to no avail. And this really bothered Mordecai Noah, and it was his first real taste of anti-Semitism. And that motivated him to go ahead and try to go ahead and be the savior of the Jewish people. And in 1825, that's when he launches his brilliant plan to go ahead and have the city Ararat, the city of refuge in Grand Island, New York, to be a home, to be a place where all Jews around the world can be safe. It's a remarkable story. We read the story in Yechezkel and Ezekiel chapter 37. It's a well-known story where Ezekiel, Yechezkel says, Haisa, Allah, Yad Hashem, the hand of God was upon me, Vayotzieni Buruach Hashem, and I was brought out with the Spirit of God. Vayanicheni Bisochad Bika, and God places me in the middle of a valley. And what was in that valley? Vihimalea Atzamos. It was filled with bones. I was passed around, around this valley. There were many bones in this valley. These bones were very dry. This is the well-known story of Yechezkel of Ezekiel and the dry bones. He sees this valley filled of corpses, filled with dry bones. And God tells Yechezkel, he tells Ezekiel to prophesy on these bones, which he does. And sure enough, what happens? The bones come to life. Talmud tells us there were more than 200,000 corpses found in that valley, found in that bika. 200,000 of these corpses with dry bones. The Talmud wants to know who were these people? Who were these deceased 
200,000 people in the dry bones who eventually come back to life. Who were they? And the Talmud, according to one opinion, explains these were from the tribe of Ephraim. These were people who were from the tribe of Ephraim, who during the period of the Jewish exile in Egypt, when the Jews we know were persecuted, when they were enslaved while they were in Egypt, 200,000 people from the tribe of Ephraim escaped. They were able to break out from Egypt. They were able to break out and flee. And they went to the land of Israel. And they went to the, to the tribe of Gus, which was a Canaanite region. And they were attacked and killed by the sub-tribe of Gus, a Philistine tribe. And they were decimated and killed. And that's who these dry bones that Ezekiel sees many, many centuries later. It's these people from the, the tribe of Ephraim who had, who had fled Egypt. They had run away from the land of Egypt. That's who these people were. It's an interesting thing. If you think about it, these people, these escapees from the land of Egypt, from the tribe of, of Ephraim, a lot of people, it was a huge amount. They had a wonderful goal. Their goal was freedom, emancipation, liberty, a really noble goal. But the Talmud tells us the problem with these people these, the, from the tribe of Ephraim is that they left prematurely. They didn't have a plan. Their goal was noble, but their plan wasn't right. They left too early, says the Talmud. They, if they only would have waited a few more years to when Moses would actually rise to power and redeem the Jewish people, then the tribe of Ephraim would, have been, would not have been slaughtered in the land of Canaan. They had a wonderful goal, freedom, but their plan was misguided. And that's an important lesson. So often we have real important goals in our life. There are things that we want to accomplish, things that we want to achieve, and they're noble. And like the tribe of Ephraim, these goals might be really worthwhile. But you see, we often get confused between goals and our plans to get to those goals. We can have wonderful goals. We can have dreams and aspirations. But if we don't have a good strategy how to achieve those goals, we're going to fail. And that's the story of these dry bones and the people of the tribe of Ephraim. They had a great goal, freedom, emancipation, liberty. But they did not have a good plan, and it ended in terrible destruction. And that's an important lesson for all of us, whether it be in professional success, whether it be with relationships or our spiritual growth. We might have really noble and worthwhile goals, things that we want to accomplish. But always remember, if you have a goal, that doesn't mean you will accomplish it. You have to develop a good strategy and a good plan. And that was the failure of the tribe of Ephraim. They had a great goal, but their plan was terribly misguided. They left without anywhere to go, without any kind of leadership, and most importantly, without the authorization of God, without God telling them this is going to work. And they were leaderless and they ended up getting destroyed. And that's an important lesson for all of us in our lives. We want to achieve things, we want to accomplish things, and that's great. But do we have a plan? Do we have a strategy of getting there? Mordechai Noah had a wonderful goal. He is going to create a city of refuge, Ararat, a place for Jews persecuted around the world for them to be free, for them to have their religious independence. That's a worthwhile goal. That's noble. That's a great goal. The problem with Mordechai Noah is he had no plan. How exactly was he going to get all of these Jews who were persecuted in Eastern Europe in 1825? What exactly was his plan to get those Jews to Grand Island, to his city of refuge, Ararat, middle of the Niagara River. He had no plan. And he was immediately ridiculed in the paper for coming up with a grandiose and a wonderful goal, but he had no plan. He didn't bother really trying to recruit. Additionally, 
Jews in Eastern Europe at that point in Jewish history, if they wanted to go to the United States, they didn't need any city of refuge in the Niagara River. The whole United States was wide open to immigration. It was a wonderful goal that Mordechai Noah had, but he had no plan. And it's such an important lesson and a bit of a zany story, but it's an illustrative story in all of our lives. It's so applicable. We have things we want to accomplish. We have things we want to achieve. And we have wonderful goals in our life, things that we want and are worthwhile to try to get. But if we don't have a goal, we don't have a plan, if we don't have a strategy, if we're not grounded in reality on how we can accomplish and achieve our goals, if we don't have a plan, we're not going to achieve the goals that we seek after.